The following message is from the North Shore Christian Centre MP3 Audio Lounge. More information about North Shore Christian Centre is available at www.nscc.org.au. If you have your Bibles, would you open up to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 9-10. to 10. I want to talk to you today about the Holy Spirit. We started a series on the Holy Spirit, and the series is entitled Getting to Know the Holy Spirit Better. Getting to Know the Holy Spirit Better. Why is that? Because I think of the three people in the Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is the one that the people know the least about. I don't think too many people have difficulty knowing about the Father, God the Father. There's lots to learn and to know about God the Father. I think when it comes to Jesus, the Son, I think everybody knows about Jesus and there's a lot to know about Jesus. But when it comes to the Holy Spirit, there's a lot of confusion about the Holy Spirit. Matter of fact, some people still refer to the Holy Spirit as an it rather than he. He's personal. He has personality. The Holy Spirit is God. He has feelings. Let me tell you what I find fascinating about the Holy Spirit is that he, he's the one that actually unites the Godhead. And of, of all the people of the Godhead, This is what Jesus said. If you sin against the Father, it'll be forgiven you. If you sin against the Son, it will be forgiven you. But if you sin against the Holy Spirit, it will not be forgiven you. I mean, have you you stopped to think about how intense that is? And there's this sin called the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. And there's no forgiveness to that. It's like, that's how special the Holy Spirit is. And that's how important he is. The thing that, that I've not found in Scripture is the Holy Spirit ever getting angry. I mean, we find God the Father getting angry, and you better believe He gets angry. Jesus got angry as well. I mean, how many of you remember the story where He cast out all the Pharisees and all those people out of the, um, out of the temple? But we don't find anywhere where the Holy Spirit becomes angry. He can be grieved. And uh, he certainly can become emotional, but we don't find anywhere where the Holy Spirit is angry. So he's got personality, he's got feelings, he's got direction. But how well do we know him? See, last week we did two things about the Holy Spirit. We just shared two aspects of the Holy Spirit's work in the life of the believer. One of the things that we shared last week is that he's our helper. And we also shared that he was our sanctifier. When, when we talk about the Holy Spirit being our helper, Jesus actually introduced this concept. He introduced it as, and when I go, I will send you another helper. That's what Jesus was saying, another paraclete. That word another means one exactly the same as me. And so when you really analyze that, this is what Jesus was saying. Just as I am the physical manifestation of God here on earth, when the Holy Spirit comes, he will be the spiritual manifestation of God on earth. And just as I have helped you to accomplish amazing things, when the Holy Spirit comes, he too 
will help you do that. He will be as I am to you. Now, when, when I stop just to think about that, it just, it blows me away. Because I think that if Jesus were to stand right here by my side, I would feel a lot more confident and comfortable in life. Then how many of you think that if you went into life with Jesus by your side, you would feel pretty confident? Amen? How many of you think you'd feel pretty confident? Imagine going to work tomorrow and Jesus turns up. How many of you would like that? Some of you are not sure. (laughs) Is this a trick question? Is he setting me up for something here? What's going on here? Just just imagine what it would be like to do life with Jesus. How How many of you contemplated that for a second, doing life with Jesus? Let me ask you another question. If you had the opportunity to be one of the 12 disciples, who'd take that up? Yeah, of course. To be with Jesus, to see the water turned into wine, to see the five loaves and the two fish feed a multitude, to see the demons cast out and people healed and set free. How awesome would that be? But Jesus is saying that the Holy Spirit will be to you what I am to you. Just stop and think about that for a little while. Because I'm sure that if Jesus were to appear physically, none of us would ignore him. Is that right? So if Jesus turns up and he's right standing next to you, how many of you would say at least hello? (laughs) Would you say hello? Would you have a, well, Jesus, great to see you. This is awesome. What, you've come to visit me. Fantastic. So what are we going to do together? Okay, that's a great question. Let's go and do some miracles. Let's go and see some lives change. Let's go and transform our world. Come on, let's, let's do something significant and marvelous with the life that's your gift. Amen? Would that be right? Well, Jesus is saying to us that the Holy Spirit is exactly the same. And he is already here. But how often do we just ignore? How often do we just go through life not even realizing that he's there? And so the purpose of this series is just to get you to acknowledge the Holy Spirit, just to get it, to acknowledge. And so, so he's our best friend. And what I want you to do, if you're a mentor, if you're a great Christian, I want you to start asking the people around you, has your friend said anything to you today in reference to the Holy Spirit? Wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't that be great, Drew, if every single day you say to Jess, has your friend said anything to you today? Has the Holy Spirit said anything to you today? Why don't you share it with me, what he said to you today? What's, what's he saying? What's he, and just this consciousness and this just becoming aware of the Holy Spirit. I'm telling you, it will revolutionize your life. Can anybody say amen to that? So let's have a look at, um, at the third instruction that I want to share with you. So the Holy Spirit is your helper. The Holy Spirit is your sanctifier. I talked about last week that how the Holy Spirit sanctifies us. And that's connected to his name. He is the Holy Spirit. So to sanctify is a Latin word, means to make you holy. Sanctus, to make you whole, to make you perfect. Sanctus. 
So, so the Holy Spirit wants to make you perfect. He wants to make you like God. He wants to transform you. How many think that's great? And so he does that positionally. So when you get saved, you are declared holy. How awesome is that? That you are declared holy. There's this positional sanctification where as soon as your sins are forgiven, bang, you are totally holy. And then there's this progressive sanctification where you're working out your salvation with fear and trembling. The Apostle Paul wrote to the Philippian church, says, come on, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. So there's a journey where positionally we're totally righteous, but how many of you know practically we're still working it out? Practically we still make mistakes. Practically we're still trying to become all that God wants us to be. And the Holy Spirit's at work to do that. Third revelation that I want to share with you is exactly that, that the Holy Spirit wants to be your revealer. He wants to reveal things to you. So this is what it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 9 to 10. As it is written, I has not seen, nor e heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit. But God has revealed them to us. So he's saying, eyes not seen, ears not heard, nor has entered in the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those that love him. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit. So what's this talking about? This is talking about that if you are operating with just your natural eye, your natural ear and your natural heart, nothing's going to get through. Because if you are looking at life just through your natural eye, you'll only see natural things. If you're listening to life only through your natural ears, you'll only hear natural things. And if you're going through life just feeling for natural emotions, that's all you'll, that's all you'll feel. And so those sort of people will not get to see what God has prepared for those that love him. But not you. Why is that? Because you have the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit wants to reveal these things to you. He wants to reveal to you the things that God has prepared for you. I want to talk to you about the word reveal. So... What we have here is the meaning of the word reveal. It comes from a Greek word, apocalyptos. And apocalyptos literally means to take off the veil. And so watch this. When I take off the veil, look what I've got in my hand. How many of you can see now what you couldn't see before? So when this comes off, you can see what I've got in my hand. How many of you can see what I've got in my hand? Now, tell you what's interesting about what I've got in my hand because how many of you can tell me what I've got in my hand? An iPhone. What did you say? Product placement. Product placement. Very interesting. So this is an iPhone. How many of you, how many of you recognize that straight away is an iPhone? How many of you know that if I did this 50 years ago, 1964. How many of you were around in 1964? There's a few of you. Look around, folks. 
There are some fossils in the room. My hand is up. 50, it's a scary thing to be 50 and over. It's a scary thing. So 50 years ago, if I did this and I would say to people, what have I got in my hand? Most people would say, you've got a shiny bit of plastic. Bakelite, whatever they had 50 years ago. But then, but get hold of this. And then imagine if I said to you 50 years ago, what I've got in my hand is not a piece of plastic, it's actually a telephone. How many of you know 50 years ago, isn't that right, Rosemary? You're going, are you kidding me? That's a telephone? That's not a telephone. There's no strings attached. Yes, Christelle. Oh, you just hung up on me. Okay. Christelle, my daughter, is phoning me on my phone. (laughs) Missed call, Christelle. Very, very funny. Okay. It is a phone. (laughs) It is a phone. I'm getting all these messages now on this phone. (laughs) Just settle down, folks. Let me get through my illustration, please, without disturbing me. Okay. No, I can't turn it off. Because... Because, let me finish my illustration. You guys are getting ahead of me. They're better behaved in the first service than you guys. That's all I can say. I was able to get through the illustration. They just sat there. There's more. Andrew Lopez is now there. There's some Chinese person as well. So, anyway. So, 50 years ago, if I were to say to you, this is not just a phone, it's also a camera. I can take photos. Not only is it a camera, but there's a secret lady that lives in here. Her name is Siri. And you can talk to Siri. And she actually responds. You can ask her any question that you want. And Siri has access to this incredible bank of information called the World Wide Web, you've got God, who's omniscient, and then you've got Siri and Google. They're second, because they know more than anybody else. And then there's my wife, of course. And uh... Have you seen that? I've, I've seen T-shirts that says, I don't own an encyclopedia. My wife knows everything. So Anyway, let's move on. The point that I'm making is this, is that there's revelation at different levels. Can you hear what I'm saying? There's revelation at different levels. And so when the Holy Spirit wants to come and give you revelation, He wants to give you revelation at deeper levels. And just because you've got, oh, it's a phone. Well, what, what does that mean? Well, there's more. There's more. And that you go deeper and deeper and deeper. And what happens is that things get revealed to you that certain people would laugh at the concepts. 1964, the average person would laugh at the concept that what I had in my hand was such a magnificent thing. Let me, let me show you what else I've got on this phone. I've got messages on this phone. And... Um, One of the messages is someone had a prophecy this morning. And 
was able to text me the prophecy on my phone. And so there's revelation from the Holy Spirit now on the phone that I'm going to read to you that the people in the first service didn't get, but you're in the second service. Here it is. Friends, obey the word of God. Don't be sidetracked, but meditate on the word of God and be abundantly blessed. The word of God, your Jehovah, will not let you down. What he has promised, he will do faithfully. Just desire the Lord, his word, his presence, and his unfailing love. He will direct your steps to green pastures, to the place where there is no lack but abundant blessing. Get to know the Lord and obey his word and you will be blessed in your going out and your coming in, in your sitting down and your rising up and whatever you set your hand to do, it will prosper. That came from Cynthia Ben-Hur. Just wonderful prophecy coming through on the phone, revelation. How many of you think that's absolutely amazing? Well, see, that's just the beginning of some of the things that the Holy Spirit wants to do. That's just one of the things. It's called revelation. Now, what you have is this. People in the world who are blind, they don't get it. They just don't get it. Why, why don't they get it? Well, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4, tells us they don't get it because they're still blinded. talks about the God of this world. It talks about the ruler of this world. It talks about the spirit of this world has actually blinded people's eyes and they don't get it. Because the things of God can only be received spiritually. I don't know how many times I've heard people say to me, I made a deal with God. What's the deal? Well, if he comes into my room and speaks to me audibly, then I will believe. How many of you know big problem with that? What's the big problem with that? The big problem is that you're trying to connect to God on a physical realm and he's a spiritual God. So how do you connect to God? You connect on a spiritual realm. And so, so this is what Jesus was saying about, listen, you've got to be born again. You've got to be born of water. You've got to be born of the Spirit. There's, there's, there's this dual. There's this dual. First time you were born, you were born of water. You were born of the physical realm. But the second time you get born, you get born from the spiritual realm. This is John chapter 3, the story that Jesus had with the, the, the conversation, the discourse that Jesus had with Nicodemus. And it's all about Jesus trying to get us to connect spiritually, to become alive spiritually. And this is where the Holy Spirit comes alive spiritually in our lives and reveals things to us spiritually. And we go through life not just looking at the physical, but hearing the spiritual. Oh God, open people's eyes that they might see. He said, but I can see. No, no, I'm not talking about physical sight. I'm talking about spiritual sight. Oh God, open up their ears that they can hear. But I can hear. No, no, I'm not talking about physical hearing. I'm talking about spiritual hearing. To be able to hear the voice of God. Yeah, but if I can hear it audibly, I believe. No, 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 no. You, you, you've got to cross this line where it becomes spiritual and you're hearing the voice of God spiritually. The still small voice that, that speaks to you and says, this is the way, walk you in it. Do you know what? I started to hear the voice of God as a little kid. 
just, and I didn't fully know that it was the voice of God. It was a bit like Samuel. How many know the story of Samuel with, with Eli and he's asleep there and, and, and he hears the voice of God? Samuel, Samuel, and he thinks, this, this must be my, my master calling me. And he goes to Eli, and it, and it wasn't. He was just getting tuned in to the voice of God. And so as a little kid in church, I'd hear the voice of God, and it was a moving voice. It was a voice drawing me to himself. And sometimes it would be through some of the songs that we sang. They were songs of worship and they would just do something to me. They would move me on the inside. I'm only a little kid, but there's, there's this sensitivity drawing, God drawing me, the sensing of God, you know. I, you know, it's just, it's so it's this tuning, this fine tuning. It's, it's fine tuning yourself to hear the voice of God. And once you tune yourself to the voice of God, and it's an amazing thing how you tune how many of you know that you've actually tuned yourself to a lot of things? How many of you know that one of the things that you tune the most to is your name? You can be in a sea of people. You can be in a sea of people and there's noise, 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 noise. But if your name is John and you hear in this sea of voices, John, you'll turn around. What What, what happened? I heard my name. How can you hear your name in, 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 in this in cacophony of sound? It's your ear is tuned to your name. How many of you, how many of you know what I'm talking about? See, this is, this is tuning yourself. It's tuning yourself to hear the voice of God, the drawing of God. And once you start hearing that voice, he will open up, reveal the deep things of God, the wonders of God the beauty of God, the promises of God. You'll get to hear the blessing of God. See, some of you, you just tuned into bad news. Some of you, you just, if there's bad news going around, it's like your ears are tuned into it. You know what you need to do is detune your ears to bad news and start tuning it to good news. Stop, stop listening to, to, to the devastation. Stop listening to, it's the end of the world, we're all going to die. There's another voice that says, God's got a better plan. We're all going to live. And we're going to live eternally. Oh, no, we're all going to die. No, we're going to live eternally. Oh, things are going to get worse. No, things are going to get better. Oh, the enemy is out to get me. No, God's out to help you. Where's your ears tuned? What, where, where, are, you, are you just listening for the negative? Are you tuned into the negative? Because you need to get a retuning. Just get, a, get yourself retuned. And the Holy Spirit is there to retune you to the positive, to the things of God. And some of the promises of God is God has blessed you with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. Ephesians 1 verse 3. All things that pertain to life and godliness is yours. First Peter, Second chap, Peter chapter 1 verse 3. Here's another one. God has got exceedingly great and precious promises for you in Second Peter chapter 1 verse 4. And then what Paul says to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 70, for God has not given you a spirit of fear. That's not what God's given you, a spirit of fear. Oh, but I'm afraid. God hasn't given you that fear. That doesn't come from God. Well, what comes from God? Here it is, a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. Well, I haven't got power, love, and a sound mind. Well, that's because you've got it from the other side, the spirit of fear. 
That's what the enemy does. He says, knock, knock, knock. Can I come in? I've got a package for you. For me? Yeah, it's got your name on it. Really? Open it up. There's a spirit of fear. Kaboom. Oh, I'm afraid. The world is coming in. Things are going to get worse. Oh, no, I'm going to die. We're going to go broke. We're going to die. See, or you can open up to the Holy Spirit. I've got a package for you. What's the package? It's power, love, and a sound mind. I'm telling you, I've got to reject the package of the enemy and accept the package from God. So wherever I go, I'm speaking power, love, sound mind. Power, love, sound mind. Come on, that, that whole focus on sound mind is this. Your, your, your mind is either full of soundness and soundness is the sound of God, the word of God, the aspect of God, or it's filled with negativity. And some of you were actually brought up in a culture of negativity. Some of you, seriously, you were brought up in a culture of can't do. Some of you are brought up in a culture where the spirit of depression is strong in this house. And so you were brought up with, with, with just blackness and darkness. And, and you need to come to Jesus and get that thing rebuked off your life and start to get some hope. Start to get some hope. Start to get some light. Get the darkness lifted, the light coming on you. And, and just this hope and faith. And you know what? It doesn't matter what comes against me. The bottom line is I get to win. I read the back of the book. I read the last chapter of the book. I went right to the back of the book. Yeah, we, we're in the middle of the story now, but I actually get, went to the back of the book and I found out how it concludes. And do you know what the back of the book says? We get to win. <laughs> we get to win. He said, oh, you've just spoiled it for me. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that a great spoil? You get to win. Why? Because the enemy wants to believe you get to lose. You get to be destroyed. But God says you get to win. So let, let me tell you something. He's, he's had to discern the voice of the Spirit. Any voice that says you get to lose is the voice of the enemy. Any voice that says you get to win is the voice of God. Is that a good way to discern? Okay. Let me, let me talk to you about another thing that the Holy Spirit wants to reveal to us. Not only does He want to reveal to us all the great things that God has prepared for us, and, and that is a study in itself, but He also wants to reveal to us the truth of God's Word. In John chapter 16, verse 13, Jesus says of the Holy Spirit, He will guide you into all truth. He will guide you into all truth. Let, let me talk to you about three truths that, the, that, that are important for you to understand. The first truth is this. What Jesus says in John 17, verse 17, is that God's word is truth. So the word of God is truth. So one of the things that the Holy Spirit wants to reveal to you is the word of God. The other thing the Holy Spirit wants to reveal to you is the will of God. And the third thing the Holy Spirit wants to reveal to you are the ways of God. So this is truth, the Word of God, the will of God, and the ways of God. The Word of God, the will of God, and the ways of God. And so if you want to know truth, you need to know the Word of God, you need to know the will of God, and you need to know the ways of God. And if you don't know that, you are open for deception. 
How awesome it is to know the truth because the truth will set you free. If you don't know the truth, you're open for deception. You're open for any voice that will speak anything to you and say, hey, this is the truth. And so this is how the cults operate. They operate in deception. And they operate because a lot of God's people don't know the truth. And so the cults come in with deception and lead them astray. Whereas if you know the truth, then you won't be led astray. And God's word is truth. And so do you read God's word to find out what the truth is? He said, but I don't understand it. Do you ask the Holy Spirit to explain it to you, to open it up to you? See, this is the thing about our church, is that we are so confident of the Holy Spirit that will reveal truth to you, that we don't give you another book and say, hey, listen, you can't read the Bible unless you have this other book. So you've got to read this other book over the Bible because this gives you our philosophy of how to read the Bible. And so, and so what happens, it's like you've got to filter through probably error to read the Bible and it just confuses what you say. We say, no, no, don't use the filter of another book to read the Bible. Use the filter of the Holy Spirit. Here's a Bible, go and read it. Why is that? Because we trust the Holy Spirit to reveal the truth to you. These other people, they don't trust the Holy Spirit. They, they only trust their error, and you've got to actually put their filter of error, their glasses of error to read the Bible and interpret it through their error rather than saying, Holy Spirit, lead us in truth. That's the confidence that we have in the power of the Holy Spirit. So what we do when someone gets saved is, here's the Bible, go and read it, and ask the Holy Spirit to reveal it to you. What? You're so confident? That's how confident we are in the Holy Spirit. Let me talk to you about the will of God. Everybody said the will of God. So you've you got to know the Word of God. You've got to know the will of God. The will of God is what God wants to do in and through your life. I am totally committed to the will of God in my life. There's nothing that I want more than God's will to be done in my life. And so I've actually died to selfish ambition. I've died to that. It took a while. I'm telling you, it took a while, especially while I was searching for significance. And in the early years of ministry, there was a lot of searching for significance. You're trying to make a name for yourself. The amazing thing is that the older you get, the less you need. The older you get, the more confident you get. And so I'm not out to impress you this morning. I'm out to bless you this morning. Do you know that? I'm not, out, I'm not out to preach a sermon where you pat me on the back. I'm out to preach a sermon where you leave and say, my life is changed. Right. Not, oh, what a great preacher John Juliano is. But God spoke to me this morning. I don't care if you even, if you're new to this church, it doesn't worry me if you actually forget my name. Matter of fact, a lot of my friends still can't pronounce my surname. That's okay. I've dealt with that. My search for significance has got to a point where you don't have to pronounce my name right for me to be cool about it, okay? It's fine. Incidentally, for those of you that want to know how to pronounce my surname, it's Uliano. Everybody say Uliano. So it's Uliano. That's it. So I feel a little bit Asian when I say that. Uliano. So... So my name is John Yuliano. So, <laughs> so that's why the Asians so relate to me because I got an Italian Asian surname. 
and I love food. So there you go. Come on. <laughs> okay, pay attention. You got me off track there. So the will of God's got to be central. It's like, Lord, I want to die so that you can live through me. So it's not my will, but your will be done. Not my will, but your will be done. It's cool. It's like, I'm relaxed. If someone gives me an opportunity to do something, cool. If not, I've still got other things to do. Do you know what I'm saying? So you're just relaxed in who you are. You just, you got to be relaxed because it's one thing that you want. It's the will of God. Now, the will of God is divided up in the general and the personal will of God. So there's the general will of God that goes for everybody. So the general will of God is that God wants you to be saved and go to heaven. That's the general will of God. So the general will of God for everybody is that you might repent of your sins, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, be saved, and live a godly lifestyle. And so the godly lifestyle is for everybody. The general will of God for every single one of you is that you might become a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. The general will of God for every single one of you is that not only you become a disciple, but you become a disciple maker. So if you want to know what God wants for you, it's this. Become a disciple and then make disciples of others. So what's the definition of a mature Christian? Someone who's making disciples of others. That's the will of God generally. But there's the personal will of God for you as well. And the personal will of God is where it hones in on you. What does God want for your life? There's the general will. There's the personal will. See, I discovered the personal will of God when I was very young and God wanted for me to enter the ministry. But that's not for all of you. And so, so for, you know, for me, I thought, wow, I'm going to be an architect. That's awesome. And then God, God basically said, no, that's a great plan for your friend, but not a great plan for you. You need to die to that so that you can live and be a minister. That's fine. That's cool. Now, I'm not saying everybody's got to be a pastor because not all are called to be pastors, only some. But there's where the personal will of God differentiates from the general will of God. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? Well, how do you know that? The Holy Spirit reveals it. Well, how do you get that? You've got to switch on. You've got to sensitize. You've got to flick into the wavelength of the Holy Spirit. So you're doing that. But don't you make a way for yourself? Don't you connive? Don't you scheme? Don't you strive? When you understand that God's in control, you quit that. You say, but surely, surely, you, you've, you've got to put your name out there. No, no, no. We put his name out there. No, no. That's not the way that it operates. How does it operate? He opens doors that no man can shut. He shuts doors that no man can open. But, 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 come on. In the world there, man, they're just elbowing people out of the way. They're climbing the corporate ladder. They're conniving. They're doing this. They're doing that. In us, we just relax in the Holy Spirit. You say, what? You do your best. You do the culture. See, you do God's way, and he makes a way. When you do it God's way, he makes a way. He opens doors. He leads you. He guides you. But what about this disaster? What about that disaster? He navigates you through it. Storms are going to arise. But one of, the, one of the wonderful things about the storm in the Bible is that Jesus was in the boat with them. And if Jesus is in your boat, you're not going to sink. But it looks so dark. It looks so terrible. Just relax 
because he that's begun the good work in you will complete it. Say, John, that is so hard. Not when you tune into the Holy Spirit, it's not. It's just much more relaxing than you having to do it yourself. The Word of God, the will of God, the ways of God. Just the whole culture of being led by the Spirit is just such a beautiful thing. Are you hearing me today? There's just this this way of doing life that is so different to the world. The world is all about, if you don't do it for yourself, nobody else will. Uh Uh-uh, not in the ways of God. Just enjoy the journey because the Holy Spirit will just make a way where there is no way. Just got to be sensitive to being led by the Spirit, doing what He asks you to do, just tuning yourself up to to the Word of God, the ways of God, the will of God. The Word of God, the will of God, the ways of God. Tuning yourself up to the Word of God, the will of God, the ways of God. How does that operate? How does that work? Tune into the Holy Spirit and you will discover truth. And when you know the truth, the truth will set you free. You don't live in bondage. Let me finish this morning by just saying that the third thing the Holy Spirit wants to reveal is Jesus. There's something beautiful about the name above every other name, the name of Jesus. And the Holy Spirit reveals Jesus. In John chapter 16, 15 and 16, there's, there's these three words that are used, that the Holy Spirit will testify of Jesus, glorify Jesus, declare Jesus. I haven't got time to go through those three words. Testify, glorify, declare Jesus. But it's all about revealing Jesus to people. See, for us, Jesus is not just a good man. A lot of people would not argue with you if you said Jesus is a good man, but for us, he's not just a good man. A lot of people would not argue with the fact that Jesus was a good teacher. He taught people good things. For us, Jesus is more than a good teacher. Some people would say, and 1.2 billion people on the planet would say that Jesus was a prophet, a good prophet at that. But to us, he was much more than a prophet, much more than a teacher, much more than a good man. To us, Jesus is the Savior of the world. Thanks for listening to this message from the North Shore Christian Center Audio Lounge. We invite you to visit us online at www.nscc.org.au. Through our website, you can keep up to date with what's happening in the life of our church in Chatswood, New South Wales, as well as accessing other free resource materials. 